0: Tell Jeremy, you know, if he just uh, if he just says all of his blanks, you know, even a six year old can can get <laughs> <is> them.
1: <laughs> I did try to do it with clarity, so to well, try to do it with clarity. Uh, but in all seriousness, did everybody get the blanks that they needed? I need to run through them again. This thing is so. Okay. All right. Um, Any opening thoughts? Um, Any suggestions? I've got some places that we can visit, but obviously we'd love to hear what some of you all have to say and share.
0: Um, You had mentioned about missionary prayer requests, um, and quarterly we do the update at the congregational meeting, in addition, in the monthly newsletter, usually there are updates on the missionaries if you're interested, so you can check those out too.
1: So Alex, before you pass the mic away, <laughs> um, so you're just to repeat, you're saying the newsletter often has prayer requests in there in the back. What were the other things?
0: Yep, just, just usually a, a page or two of an update from one of them, or sometimes it's an article about okay. something related to missions. So.
1: Okay. That's good. I probably should have known that, but anyway, yeah. All right. Um, do I? I'll just open it up here with a question to you all. Um, oh, never mind. We got one in the back. Hey, Liz.
2: Um, can you go into? A little bit more when you, uh, so point 4C there. Believer's words should be gracious and preservative, not Amen. not to tolerate, but to show grace. Can you go into that a little bit more?
1: Yeah. Um, yes, I'd be happy to. Um, in the six times that I practiced this, I did not use the word tolerate, but I used it this morning. It, 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 it felt right. So, um, and, and I, I believe... I believe here my here 's my point uh, that I think I was trying to go for with tolerate um, we can be we can be kind right we can be good citizens, we can be Iowa nice uh, we can do good things for people uh, I think in the culture in which we find ourselves placed in there 's a lot of things out there that run completely contrary to what we believe and stand for so when i when i mentioned that point let me kind of come back to my notes here and kind of see here this 4c right yeah um going back to paul's ultimate pur- purpose and if you want to flip we can go to ephesians four twenty nine, and you can you can see there for yourselves too So uh, he says here in Ephesians 29, it says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So the admonition there is, A, avoid corrupting talk. And, and if you've, if we we find ourselves in those circles where people just talk in corrupting ways. Um, they... They belittle each other in the office. Um, they, they they talk, they have jokes that are unclean. You know, that sort of bantering is obvious there, the sort of stuff we want to avoid and certainly don't want to repeat and, and make a habit of. Um, and he, he pushes on to say that it's only good, that is such as, sorry, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion. So there has to be, an element of context in there. So when I said tolerance, um, and this may get an email to the elders, but um, when I said tolerance, our society, our society stresses a lot that we should just tolerate other people. We should tolerate other beliefs. We should tolerate other lifestyles. Um, We should tolerate things we don't agree with scripturally where we have serious scriptural convictions society will tell us that we should tolerate them and i believe that's what i was going for when i said but not tolerate so to give people gracious words and what paul is pushing for here is that their ultimate good is what is in view here so um an example of this uh there there's a book written a number of years ago Uh, by a lady named Rosaria Butterfield you all are probably familiar with this book Uh, I think it's called Secrets of an Unlikely Convert this thing is just not fun Um, where she is uh, I believe she was a professor and correct me if I get off on some of this I think she was an English teacher or a professor and she was um, she was a lesbian and through a relationship with some people that she knew and I I think it was her neighbor obviously didn't do my homework on this book so if you all know this book well, okay, the neighbor was a pastor, um, and through a relationship that happened over years, the gospel was slowly presented to her, and over time, um, you know, she came to know the Lord, and she looked back, and she's written this book on her unlikely, the unlikely convert, um, and, and it was, from what I remember, our pastor shared from, shared part, p- pl- blah, blah. blah, blah. I'm glad I didn't do this up there earlier. Um, our, our pastor in Kentucky shared quite a bit from this book. And so my point, Liz, I guess, to get back to you is we, we have to be careful to tolerate things. Context does come into the situation. We, we would have to have a relationship with someone that is struggling with something. Um, but the point is if our words are gracious, the aim there is to give grace for their good. So even though, even though in this case, this pastor probably spoke graciously to her, I'm sure he was not belittering of her. I'm sure he didn't have yard signs in his yard, you know, talking about how homosexuality is a sin. He built a relationship. He made that context, but he did not at all tolerate it as as the relationship developed, I guess is my point. He just didn't mark it off and let it be. Uh, The example in John this morning with the woman at the well, you know, Jesus brought up her past, you know, with her husband's, and that was a a point of conviction, I believe, for her, and her result was that she went back and told all the people in the village about Jesus, and this village came and showed up. So as Jesus was talking to her, his aim was to give grace, to keep it focused on truth and, and speaking that truth in love. So I believe that's what I was going for when I said tolerance questions more yes lee the main, point?
3: the main point i'm getting the main point i'm getting out of your comments is that you have to have a relationship with people you can't say well i know this couple next to me is in a homosexual relationship and one day they asked me for a cup of sugar and then i gave them a lecture on whatever thanks for the sugar have you heard yeah, about right. salt let me but tell it, you about it's got to be an ongoing ongoing thing there where they what do they say people don't care how much something unless they know how much you care or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, but the idea that you have a relationship with them and can kind of do the given back back mm-hmm. and forth conversations where you're going to be able to put those salty, gracious words in there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. There, yeah. The, the key element is a relationship. Now, that's,
1: that's not to say that the Lord cannot use street evangelism either. We don't want to rule that out by any means. I think one of the things that when I was preparing that, coming across that thought, was what I think Paul has in mind here, because he stresses walking wisely, and and in Ephesians, walking is how we live our daily lives. It certainly puts the emphasis on the personal relationship aspect. Um, But obviously, I look at Billy Graham and all the work that he was able to accomplish with the Spirit, moving amongst mass audiences and there are plenty of people that come out of his tent meetings and revivals and sermons and stadiums that were true saved believers that have gone on to done pastoral ministry and done fabulous things for the kingdom so ultimately the holy spirit is the one that we as we know works and moves and brings people unto him but i think what paul has in mind here in this letter is the personal relationship being stressed will you hand me that bag Whoop, chained my old collar here. Thank you. Anything else?
0: Don. Um, I think you, you mentioned that context is, is important. Um, yes, we need to be gracious, but even being gracious, the gospel is offensive. To the to, uh, to the unsaved,
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, I've heard it said that uh, many p- people will go to hell unoffended. Yeah. Um, and it, it is our, our job to to spread the gospel, and even if that. And Peter says, you know, suffer as a Christian, not because you're a jerk, but because you're a Christian. Make sure you're you're not being offensive. Uh, other than being a Christian, yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. So our, our context, the uh, uh, gospel may be an offensive, but we aren't to give offense by our of of our own. Oh. Let the offense be just the gospel, not us. Yeah.
1: No, great, great words, and and right there at the end, probably is what I normally do at the very end of Jeremy's sermons, I've got my last blank field. I'm shutting everything. <laughs> thing up but right there at the end i did mention that um oh my goodness this is such a burden okay thanks babe um one of the things i did mention right there at the end is when when jesus interacts with both nicodemus and especially the rich rich young ruler there's clearly a different reaction to what he says now his words are still gracious they're still aimed at trying to give life to the rich young ruler but he just leaves away completely saddened. And your point is, regardless, we need to be faithful to proclaiming
0: it graciously. Even Jesus' um, interaction with the Pharisees and the scribes, while it wasn't always uh, pleasant, it was indeed gracious. Yeah. They, they needed to hear the hard stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh I don't, you know, I don't think we always have to be nice yeah uh or 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 try to soften the the, the message
1: yeah um so. yeah we we certainly don't want to to soften it too much right, right. i mean again paul's right. ultimate aim here is that it gives grace for their ultimate good uh-huh. and and what is that ultimate good hopefully coming to know the lord right. as savior so yeah yeah, I, I did have an example, and I took it out. I was going to talk a little bit about how graciousness can come both in content and manner, right? So I can, <laughs> I, can tell, I can tell my daughter, hey, sweetie, you probably shouldn't be playing with that knife that daddy carelessly left out in the kitchen. Or I can be like, put that knife down right now. Like, There's a completely different manner in which I approached it, but the content was all the same. And so your point there is, is spot on, that the content is what is important and that there will be times where we may have to, where the message will be offensive. Yeah, great, great insight, Don. Tim.
4: You mentioned one of the strategies that Satan uses to keep us from prayer is busyness. Do you have any additional strategies that you either find in your own life or my life, or
1: <laughs> no. well, certainly not in your life. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I'll go back to I'll go back to COVID when everything shut down. I got to I was on the road all the time for work, and it, it was never like long trips. It was, you know, day trips across the state, you know, running to do meetings and things. Um, but I was able to develop a habit then because everything shut down. I could go downstairs. I could, uh, I could go back into my office um, that was in an addition of the house that nobody was ever really around. And I could, I could I spent, oh, it was so great. There were some mornings I spent close to an hour praying and reading the Bible and I would come out and be like, yes, let's take on the world. Well, life eventually came back, right? I mean, things kind of got back in the groove. And I, I've struggled to stay in some of the slightest routines. And I know that there are, are men and women in this church that probably do, uh, do phenomenal jobs at being dedicated in that. And I think the, the purpose is we shouldn't look at it as a legalistic thing, but we're trying to develop a habit that we'll stick with. My my wife has always told me if you give something two weeks you'll probably be more likely to to develop a habit. Well, I tried to start walking every day about a month ago, and I did it for a week and a half. So, so far her theory is sticking true. Um, but the, the the point there is we it, it's about building the habit and that persistence, trying to be spend some time every day. I, I don't really have any major suggestions. Anybody else? Have something that they wouldn't mind sharing. You can do it anonymously and say, "I know someone who does this." If you, you don't want a humble brag, right? Uh, but does anyone has anyone found success in how they do a, a structured prayer time? Stacy. I have
5: done better some years than others but um, what worked well has been even to have like a category of prayer assigned per day and that alone just helped me I, and I have even kept a folder where I'll pull it out and Monday is missionaries or whatever and just have that be the focus maybe a few other things sprinkled in but just keeping it um, along those types of lines has been helpful yeah.
1: very good I did your thought jogged my memory i did come across um during covid i did start i ordered a a book a little you know journal thing it's just plain paper but i did start writing down my prayer requests and you know i can go back and look what i prayed for on 5 4 21 and and it's brief and intentional and honestly some days i'll start off in prayer and i'll jot those down and then i'm like well God's already kind of been there with me as I'm writing these things down. So I'll go on about my day or go on to read the scripture I'll turn and pray for them. But it's been amazing to be able to watch over time what I was praying for two years ago and, and what has been answered and what hasn't. And it's encouraging. It, it, wants, it wants to keep the habit. So I would echo what Stacy said. And, and then what I said earlier, make a list and, and keep a list. You know, Buy a Buy a notebook or a journal just for that purpose, and it'll just be really incredible what you see over time, and it'll help you
0: be vigilant too,
1: like what Paul was commanding us to do. Uh,
0: Reminds us of uh, Old Testament how uh, God told the Israelites to make memorials, make you know, set up uh, Sorry. things so to help you visuals to help you remember. Yeah, you know what, how, what how God has helped, how He's you know. Yeah. Because
1: we're so feeble to think or to forget. I mean, we're so likely to forget some of the good things that God has done. Um, And at the time, they can be huge, amazing points of gratefulness. And then, you know, months trickle by, days trickle by, we, we can forget. I'm Tim. No, wait, that's Tim. Oh, by the way, did you hear what Kathy Hardy said? She found a way to keep Tim and I distinct. I've got the bald spot. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Tim, Thank you. Tim doesn't. So there's, there's that. Can you hear? Me? I'm doing. It. It's just for the. Recording. Just for the recording. Oh, okay.
6: Um, when I get a specific prayer like Little Asher, um, I put it in my phone to go off every day to remind me to pray for Asher for a while. And if there's a um, a certain prayer that I want to keep praying for, I do that. Not maybe just one, but. And I also have a prayer journal. I think it's really neat to look in there and um, see how your prayers were answered and everything. So I would really highly recommend a prayer journal. Yeah, that's cool. A good use for our phones. Just kidding.
1: Liz. Uh,
2: One thing that I was encouraged about recently when I was talking to my mentor, um, I was just we were kind of talking about spiritual warfare and it reminded me in your sermon this morning too about how you don't give credit to Satan. And it's not like we want to say, oh, good job, Satan. But it's like, yeah, he is a lion that is ready to just attack. And so one thing that she encouraged me, um, like a, a style of prayer that she encouraged me with was pray against the spirit of whatever and put put that off. So I'm going to I'm going to pray against the spirit of selfishness, pride, whatever that could be, anger towards Ethan or whatever. And I'm going to and I'm going to put on the spirit of um, selflessness or self, you know, whatever it may be, but but thinking in a way of praying against that specific sin that you notice the enemy can just come in and just attack you with and then putting on the spirit of joy um or peace or whatever that may be and just kind of that um very visual like i'm taking this off and i'm putting this on and praying for this specific thing similar to when you pray um like to prepare for battle like with the with the armor of god what you talked about this morning as well and just having that visual of i'm I'm taking something off that is wrong and that is not true to my belief. And I'm putting... So even like I was praying when my kids were sick a couple of weeks ago, just I'm, I'm praying against the spirit of sick, like sickness. And, and just, that has just um, taken all my joy and taken all my strength. And I'm praying for the spirit of health that, that Christ will come in and heal. And so just kind of thinking of it like that has been really helpful. Um, to pray against Satan and his work.
1: Yeah, those are those are absolutely specific things that we can be praying for. And and uh, thank you for bringing that up. That's a way to be a way to be vigilant and a way to be alert to what's going on around you. Yeah. Um. Hey babe
6: So this won't work for everybody But I have found that If I tell my kids something That should be remembered Or like someone we need to pray for I have one kid in particular Who will be like oh wait mom we have to pray for this person Have you prayed for this today Have you So sometimes kids are really good at remembering things And then reminding you That you're not doing it So if you have that ability to have a kid tell you to do something, cause they love to tell you to do stuff if you let them. So.
7: Well, I was just going to say, um, a, a few of you came to my, my last class on writing scripture on a regular basis. And, uh, so, I'm putting a little plug there that uh, that's what you should be doing. And uh, so, so, I, I keep a, a journal. A lot of you probably do. But every day, I write out a few verses of whatever I'm going through. And then I try to pray over that for myself or others. But I also have these. Uh, this isn't is very profound. Uh, I have seven days, seven different things I pray. Some of you probably do that. And only I, I have a sticky note day one family. Day two, friends. Day three, evangelism. Day four, missions, missionaries. Day five, uh, world leaders and a couple others, you know. And, uh, and I have sticky notes instead of writing it because sometimes I miss a day or something. So, you know, day one might not always be on Monday, but I just keep moving the sticky notes. So I, I say, all right, where's my sticky note? And then uh, I'll sometimes I'll write specific things, but it just... Uh, organizational uh, thing that uh, otherwise you know I'm just praying for all sorts of different things and I get them all mixed up and then I forget and then you kind of get discouraged <laughs> you know you say I just blew it Been praying you know and, and I want something specific
0: yeah, so. yeah.
1: shameless plug since uh, Carol brought it up I cannot recommend this book any any greater than I am. It is Praying with Paul by D.A. Carson. It is a fabulous, fabulous book. To be able to walk through some of his letters and what he's praying for, it has just been super, super encouraging and edifying for me. So you can take my copy today if you want. Just bring it back. Jen.
3: So this is an area that I personally actually need to be working on better, even though I know the truth. So, so, you know, sometimes that hurts a little bit. But um, I think back in high school, I was once encouraged that sometimes you ruin your personal time in the morning the night before. It's not even the morning that you ruin it. You ruin it when you make decisions the evening before, and it's easy. As a parent, sometimes, like, the kids are asleep. I'm going to do all my work now. Like, let's just keep going. I've got my second wind. I took my nap at 9 o'clock. Let's just go. And Mm -hmm. then... You get up in the morning, you're like, snooze, snooze, Oh shoot the kids awake, and I just, you know, wasted my time. Um, and, again, that busyness, that, like, okay, the house needs to be in a certain order. I need to get something done. It's like, actually, maybe just leave the toys on the floor and go to bed so I can actually get up in the morning. <laughs> um, and I think it was Alistair Begg or some, said something along the lines of, um, have you conquered the blanket victory? Have you gotten over the challenge of getting up in the morning? And um, currently that's something I need to do better with, and the reminder of make sure I'm going to bed at a time where I can actually – get up to give myself the time I need to wake up maybe. Like I need that 15-20 minutes to actually be able to read my Bible with remembering what I'm reading instead of checking it off the list or praying without falling asleep and checking yeah. off the list.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Did he call it the blanket victory? Oh man, that's, that's catchy. Yeah, uh, in prepping for the sermon, I, I came across John Piper who said almost, he didn't use the word blanket victory, but he He talked about the importance of getting to bed so that you'd be up ready to to roll. Getting your steps in? Yep.
0: Quick plug for a very short but amazing read that we should all, I think most people would benefit from. If you haven't already or if you haven't read it in a while, Do You Pray by Ryle. It's short, maybe 60-something pages, really good. I think it was written in the 19th century, but it is still fantastic. And same thing, it's easy to find, it's really good. Do You Pray by John C. Ryle, R-Y-L-E. And it is a short read, it's fantastic. I read it periodically, very encouraging in prayer and... Very convicting.
4: Deb. Oop. Deb.
1: There we go. Sorry.
0: Backlit with the window.
4: I was just thinking of the um, stages of life, too, uh, from um, what Jen said. And I was impacted a while back about... Um, Jews started the day at sunset. And I remember when my kids were little, the best time of day for me was the time they were just put to bed. And I could go out on my back deck and be by myself and be quiet and pray or read my Bible or, you know, some of that kind of stuff. And it was, yeah, the night before. But it was for the next day. It was uh, something that I thought of from the Jewish type of thing. And then, um, as I'm a little older, (laughs) um, maybe somebody else has the same problem. You can't sleep at night. For some reason, you're awake for (laughs) two or three hours, and you fume and you fuss. Well, I remembered an older lady in our congregation, Grandma Norma, if anybody's been around that long. And she... Would tell us of the prayers. She says, "So just use it for an opportunity to pray," and I'm going, "Oh yeah, bingo!" And we knew Grandma was praying for us. She'd tell us, and then we'd like Julie and Harold would tell her us all later that Grandma Norma was praying, and this is how her answer was. You know what the answer was, and it's like, "Whoa!" and She didn't know what was going on. Grandma Norma just had them on her mind in the (laughs) middle of the night, and she said so. So it was—it's really kind of neat that. Don't be alarmed that if you don't do it first thing in the morning, it's wrong. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to remember that next time I wake up at three. um, I can't go back
0: to. Well, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mentioned that earlier, right? Yeah. I didn't say
6: you did do that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for me, um, I just kind of pray all day. Um, the Lord just brings somebody to my mind, and I just say a prayer, um, yeah. right or wrong. That's that's nope, how it is with me. And it's, um, I,
1: Me, real quick, that's being constant in prayer. Yeah. Which is a little different from persistence, but yeah, constant. So
6: I might not do it all at once, but um, I feel like if God puts it in my heart and in my mind then that's what i do and sometimes i tell people that too i mm-hmm. send them a text and say i think of you today and praying for you because yeah. i would like that if somebody did it for me <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway for me it's just a constant thing every day just thinking of the lord and so uh
1: we've got five mi- we got five minutes has someone else got their hand up tim okay um I would like to just ask any of you all if you, if you've got coworkers, people that we can be praying for, or specifically examples of maybe how you've used personal evangelism either in your home or at work. Um, we've talked a lot about prayer, but I'm kind of curious to see if any of us have got some examples or stories, or, or even requests to be prayed for about our our life at the workplace or in the home when it comes to advancing the gospel. Donna
6: Um, I guess I don't know Maybe a few months ago Or whatever um, I just felt like God was saying Share my testimony So I Made some copies And I got some of the Little tracks That have the Question mark on them And so When I send a card Of any kind I guess I started at Easter I sent it to my kids I thought, if I can send it to my kids, I can send it to anybody. And so whenever I send a card now, I try to include, I write on the back of my testimony, and then I put in the little track. So that's something that yeah. God has kind of, I Very feel, good. has told me to do.
1: Cool. Or maybe how your words have been seasoned with salt, Dawn.
0: I just have a tagline on the end of any email, email that I send out, God is good all the time, and that, that has opened some doors uh, there. So yeah. wh- whoever gets an email from me is going to have that on the end of it. Yeah. that's um, great. Subtle
1: but provocative. I emphasize the good and all. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
3: one particular uh, thing that comes to my mind was back when I was working at Mercy Employee Health we did drug testing for people and um, not to get too detailed but basically um, the urine has to be a particular temperature to be acceptable and there are things you can do to help people be able to collect their urine all this and I had a person that I had given assistance to and the temperature did not reach the amount and all my coworkers were basically like it's probably fine just take it And I was super struggling with, like, I don't know what to do. And you don't have 20 minutes to go pray. So it's kind of like the shoot a prayer up, like, Lord, help me. I don't know what to do. And there was a particular passage, I think, that at one point came to mind. And as I went to the computer, you have to click. And it said, is this within range? And it became clear. I will lie if I say it's within range. I cannot say it. Like, I will take the chance this person is going to be mad at me. They get, like, two tries, and they may not pass. Um, And it was encouraging to see how faithful God was that, he kept me from sin when I didn't, it wasn't clear at the beginning what to do. And multiple co coworkers told me what to do. Um, and I told the gal, I'm sorry, I can't take this. I explained it to her. It was no big deal, but multiple coworkers had been aware of that struggle. And a gal, um, around my age asked what was going on. And I explained, I don't remember the details. but basically like it's a bigger deal to be obedient pretty much. And, um, I couldn't accept it. And I don't know how God used it, but this particular coworker, um, was a Catholic, and I'd been able to have conversations with her and give her a Bible at work. And if um, it was by God's grace, I did not ruin the testimony in that moment because I totally could have. <laughs> I mean, of my own strength, mm. and how God was faithful to um, answer prayer immediately when I didn't have time to know and to keep me in obedience. And then, if I had, but telling this girl that I was giving a Bible to. Oh, by the way, I just lied. Um, anyway, God was faithful. Yeah,
1: that's so. fantastic. Yeah, Stacy, did you have?
5: As a newer mom, um, and only having been a believer for a few years, um, I was recognizing that I wasn't really having much opportunity to share the gospel with anyone because I was in my little new Christian bubble. And um, lots of our neighbors at our old house um, They were not native English speakers, so that kind of conversation didn't go so far. But um, so I began praying for opportunities to um, share the gospel at the grocery store. That was the only place that sort of came to my mind that I was out in the marketplace. And um, God was very faithful to answer those prayers. I don't necessarily have trouble talking to people whom I don't know, but to take it to a spiritual level was something that always seemed clunky and awkward, and it still is. And, um, but nonetheless, I, that was a regular prayer for me. And to the point where one day as I was leaving the grocery store, um, someone had set up right outside the front door and they were asking for people to sign petitions. Um, the details, I don't remember, but it came down to discrimination in the workplace against people who were homosexual and kind of rallying to fight for whatever needed to occur. And that gave me a wonderful opportunity to spend time talking with this man and, um, coming alongside him to say like i i totally agree with you and like uh, us to not be discriminatory towards others and yet there's a greater truth here that i'd also like to share with you Um, so anyway that was and i'm convicted myself as i'm sharing this because i'm not faithful to to pray in that same manner to be asking for opportunities to share at the grocery store but that was a gracious um uh prayer answered to the lord from the lord that's great
1: and as a grocery store employee for eight years in college we know our regulars I mean, we, we really do. If you've worked in retail, you know the people that are coming in. And, and don't think for a second that just passing somebody at the checkout stand, that they're not going to remember who you are. They will. And you can have a, a really deep relationship with somebody. Donna, this will probably be the last one. Okay, it's, it's no. short.
6: Um, I just want to say sometimes when you're talking to people and they're an unbeliever, if you can pretend like they're an un, a believer and talk like a believer... Um, I've talked to people sometimes I thought was a believer and I'm talking, you know, and I find out they're not a believer. And I think, well, that kind of worked pretty good. Just (laughs) pretend like they're a believer and talk like you would to a believer. I don't
1: know. Yeah, well, they'll learn the language eventually, right? Oh, fantastic. Uh, Thank you all so much. Uh, Have a great Sunday.